This is the Business Breakfast with Oanda. Online trading, currency data, money transfers. Greg Ellum joins us. It looks like the vaccine euphoria has faded a bit, hasn't it? Lots of of companies competing to get something done before the end of the year, not just Pfizer, but there's Moderna, AstraZeneca and, and all the rest of them. But, I mean, we drew a heavy veil of caution over this over the past couple of days on the programme. Let's turn to you now. I mean, it's the logistics, isn't it, apart from anything else? Yeah, there's the logistics. You've got, uh, obviously, the production, you've got the distribution, and then, obviously, you've got the other thing as well, which you've never thought um, in the midst of a pandemic you would be having to be concerned about, which is convincing enough people to take it that you can actually drive herd immunity. That's the problem for later on, really, in the day. The, I think the first thing is ensuring that there's enough, uh, enough doses out there for uh, all the vulnerable people. Uh, to receive the vaccine and ensuring that it gets there because obviously there is an issue uh, not an issue but there is there is a challenge with uh, for example uh, the Pfizer vaccine with regards to cold storage for example so mm. the logistical headache is the next problem but I'm uh, I'm sure there's many 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 people around the world right now who are going that's a, a problem I'm more than happy uh, to and, have and- yeah, and, and, and many people around the world who are, for various reasons, anti-vaxxers as well. I mean, that's a that's a growing percentage of the world's population. Many of those point to the fact that actually you ought to look back to Victorian days. I mean, not that necessarily that applies to all countries, but to UK Victorian days when smallpox and, well, not so much smallpox, but tuberculosis and the big diseases were actually got under control because the public the, the the public infrastructure the sewers and the rest of it were actually improved so other, rather than just curing it or attempting to find a cure we need i think don't you to get to get to the the bottom of it maybe it's about um reviewing how large populations live near jungles to put it finally I think the, the, the kind of public's come a long way in terms of its uh, awareness of public health, for example. So that's always going to be one um, small positive, I guess, to come out of uh, to come out of this. Uh, but I think the, the kind of the, the, the rise of the anti-vaxxers, it's not a coincidence that this coincides with uh, the general lack of trust that we're seeing in institutions. Uh, and I think this is just another symptom of that. And it doesn't help when you've got certain uh, certain people uh, kind of trying to undermine uh, the the vaccine companies and it's one of the reasons why for example Pfizer uh, in this case has um, has opted not to take direct funding from governments because they didn't want uh, to be seen to be being pressured into uh, into releasing a vaccine on the world that wasn't 100% uh, uh, that well that wasn't meeting the standards of the normal uh, drugs that it does uh, that it does put out there uh, the, the FDA and, the, and others are also going to extreme lengths to convince people that they are not rushing anything through that this is meeting all the usual standards and despite for example in the US receiving emergency use authorization this doesn't this isn't a compromise uh, on safety because uh, a lot of the the the, the the, the caution that people are exp- that people are seeing with regards to vaccines is to do uh, partially at least with the safety aspect the fact that they, this idea that it's being rushed through because it's happened in such a record time so these companies have a massive job on their hands now convincing people that this is perfectly safe to take and it's in everyone's best interest if they do mm. uh, I'd, I'd love to get you I know, I know it's a few days 
uh, away now, but we should talk about the US election, shouldn't we? Because apparently there was a phone call between uh, Boris Johnson and Joe Biden on Tuesday that was, you know, 24 minutes long or however it was, and, you know, it's relatively positive. But Biden did warn, say, you know, any messing around with the withdrawal agreement and uh, because of his Irish ancestry, he's going to take exception to that, and that might threaten a unilateral trade deal, etc., etc. Um, what's your feeling about the way that, um, in a, I mean, it's a bit policy light at the moment, obviously, but what, what, what are you kind of looking for as far as Joe Biden is concerned? Uh, to be honest, I don't think there's going to be an enormous change. I think the fact that it seems that the Republicans have held on to the Senate means that some of the bolder policy uh, ideas that he had is going to be a lot more difficult to push through Congress. So I think it's going to broadly speaking kind of be the status quo uh, and I think that's one of the reasons why markets are so relaxed about it there's certain things which the Democrats were offering which was very uh, positive for the markets be it the massive stimulus packages the big infrastructure spends that Donald Trump has, uh, has struggled with over the course of the last few years uh, the downside obviously being things like higher cap, uh, higher tax on uh, income higher capital gains ta- uh, corporate tax sorry um, uh, and some of the regulatory uh, issues we've seen the fact that these markets have bounced back partially driven by uh, the fact that it's going to be more difficult to get those things through. On the Northern Ireland thing, to be honest, I don't think it changes enormously from him being president. Yes, uh, Donald Trump was more keen to get a UK-US trade deal over the line, but uh, I I do, uh, and I've been kind of confident about this for a long time, that I do think there is going to be a deal that's going to alleviate any concerns with regards to uh, Northern Ireland, uh, and therefore I do think there is going to be a continued push to get a trade deal done between the two countries, and uh, I think the kind of back of the queue stuff has always been a bit exaggerated, and I think uh, I, I do think this a trade deal is going to be uh, pursued by uh, both sides. And mm. we've got to remember as well, Joe Biden's also the person that said that, that has criticised Trump for making uh, friends of enemies and enemies of friends. And I think a, a really good way early in his administration uh, to prove that he's not the same would be to um, would be to form a trade agreement with the UK and reassert the US's position as a uh, friends of allies okay uh let's get back to the uk then and uh, when in doubt float an idea and here's another one the chancellor apparently uh, mulling uh, a review of capital gains tax maybe a um a capital gains tax rates to income tax rates that's going to upset a lot of people but at the same time it does underline that the treasury is very very uh the exercise now really isn't it on, on looking ways to pay for the for the the relative generosity that the, the government has as it were forced upon it uh, absolutely i mean i think we um i, I think the, the the bill is coming due well the bill at least is there the the, the bill of the, the the last eight months and the next three or four months and the, the the treasury is going to have to look at ways to try and at least bring that bill slightly lower we have to remember we do live in a in a period where borrowing is <clears throat> in some cases negative so the government isn't exactly in any massive rush to try and bring down that debt but they are going to have to look at ways and clever ways to try and reduce that debt without being a massive burden on the economy because the economic recovery and bringing unemployment down is also uh, got to be well, it has to be its main objective so looking at tr- trying to close loopholes effectively in order to try and Bridge the divide, um, uh, as it were, and this is an example of that, the fact that they're suggesting that there are people out there who use um, certain platforms in order to uh, effectively pay capital gains tax rather than income tax in order to uh, reduce their tax bill. So trying to close that gap, uh, I think, if it can raise significant sums and bring people more in line with each other, I think most people will agree is a, is a good loophole to close. And then you have to look at the number of people who are actually paying uh, this capital gains tax um, each year 
because of the allowance, the £12,300 allowance. Yeah. So uh, it, it, the, the, there always is going to be, in, in, a, in a complex tax code, there is always going to be areas where you can close loopholes and, and try and raise more funds. And that's got to be the area where the Treasury starts because just raising income tax for the vast majority of people in the country while, raise, while potentially raising significant sums is not going to put us on a path to a strong economic recovery. Speaking of gaps, um, we know the gap between Wall Street and Main Street. Uh, over here, the FTSE 100 is at a five-month high. Um, arguably, it could be said, couldn't it, that that's because that particular group of assets, if I can put them like that, is extremely attractive at the moment because obviously interest rates are so low, money's cheap, etc. Um, do you see uh, a change in that? I mean, apart from the, the normal volatility that we're, we're sort of used to, are equities uh, solidly on the way up again, do you think? Well, I think uh, I think the fact that we um, we've got this vaccine announcement has given a massive, massive lift to these uh, equity markets. It's the biggest downside risk for traditional companies. Yes, big tech did very well over the course of the last eight months. People staying at home means they use Zoom more, they shop more on Amazon, etc. Uh, but a lot of the more traditional companies, the oil and gas companies, which is uh, which is a, a large component in the FTSE uh, 100 as well. Um, all of these types of companies, these traditional firms that have been battered over the course of the last uh, eighteen months have been given some hope by this vaccine news so i think if others follow if we do see an astrazeneca oxford announcement if we do see a moderna announcement then this is going to really um, just drive home the message that that we could be looking at a point with 2021 when life returns to normal and that's going to be really good news for many of these firms and also for uh, if you are one of the many people now still on furlough schemes um that, that your job might not be lost so i think i think i think there's there's some really good news coming in the fact that this is backstopped as well by enormous amounts of monetary stimulus, central banks continuing to buy more bonds uh, and, and stimulate the economy that way. That that has historically been good for these markets as well. So despite the fact that we are going through a, a, a quite a terrible second wave of COVID right now, there's a lot of potential good news to come over the course of the next couple of months, which I think could support these equity markets. Craig Ellum, thank you very much indeed. Craig Ellum, their senior market analyst at Oanda. The Business Breakfast on Jazz FM with Oanda. Online trading, currency data, money transfers. Oh, 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 oh.